From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling for this Father's Day, June 17th, 2018, about 24 years after the OJ chase. Were you even alive in 94, Dylan? Uh, 95 I was born, so no, just missed it. You missed the OJ chase. <laughs> I watched the, uh, the ESPN uh, little documentary that they did on the film. God, we're old. Um, <laughs> Just turned 23. I hope that's not too old. No, no, no. I, I meant m- myself turning 30 this year. It's, oh, wow. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Anyway, I don't know why we've gone down this tangent already. Um, we are here to complete a uh, full circle moment that was held up uh, because this is what happens when you have real-life jobs. Uh, we were supposed to do a, a, a QU men's basketball podcast in, what, March, I think? Mid-March? Kind of the post-MAC, post-mortem on the season. Right. And here we are, June 17th, and now we're doing the post-MAC tournament post-mortem. So, go figure, right? Um, uh, we are joined by Dylan Fearon, who covered the team the last, what, four years, basically? Four or yeah, five years? Maybe even five if we want to push it back to freshman year. Okay, let's let's do that. Let's push it back. Um, and he's moving on to bigger and better things in West Virginia. So if Baker Dunleavy schedules Bob Huggins and the Huskies, uh, 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 sorry, Mountaineers, that's when you'll be next covering the team, right? Yes, I think so. Or Virginia Tech or Marshall. Um, but that's pretty much about it. But... Um, you know, they, they're playing Villanova, so I wouldn't put a pass in the next maybe year or two to maybe get uh, the Mountaineers on the schedule. Yeah, and we'll talk about that uh, game coming up uh, a little later in the show. Let's let's go back to um, where we are in terms of this team and what it did last year. This is a team that not a lot of people thought would do much when it came to the MAC tournament, and it actually performed fairly well in the back tournament. And when you look, I, I, you know, people always talk about momentum. And while there may be game-to-game momentum, I don't know if there can be season-to-season momentum. But while they ultimately lost by 10 and their season ended to the Stags, I do think you have to leave the MAC tournament uh, fairly optimistic about where this team is. Um and the fact that they beat a team that was in the Golden Griffins, who came in twenty-one and, and and ten, coming into that MAC tournament game. Well, I think the craziest thing was that they had lost seven out of their last eight regular season games, and so going into the tournament, I even thought that against Siena there was a chance they might lose to the Saints because it was on Siena's home floor. Yeah, comfortable and Quinnipiac coming and losing all these games. Um, so I thought. Yeah, if they won one, they'd have a chance against Canisius, but they, they might not even get one. So uh, that was the most interesting part about it. I mean, look, yeah, they lost seven out of the last eight, but all of them were close games. I mean, you know, two or three possessions or less um, each game. So, you know, they had lost, you know, 21 games, 22 after the Fairfield game, but a lot of close games, um, I thought that they had come into Albany with a chance to potentially win two games that they can get by the first, I thought they'd have a real good shot in um, in that quarterfinal game. And they, and they wanted to play a great game. Yes, you lose to Fairfield, but you're going up against a great scorer like Tyler Nelson, who really balled out in that second half. And, 
you know, just a couple of errors throughout the game cost them, uh, you know, that ball game. But look, semifinals, they bring a lot back, like we'll talk about, and the expectations just continue to get higher. The pressure continues to, uh, to rise. And I think anything but a semifinal appearance or better uh, is an unsuccessful season. When... I look at that team and I look at that finish and I look at that stretch. I had multiple friends who said to me, if only Cameron Young could have one more year. And you teased me, one of my other friends teased me that maybe, maybe, maybe. And then lo and behold, what was it, like two weeks ago, we get this story that comes out that Cameron Young was granted another year of eligibility. He's not going to transfer. He's going to come back and play for this team. And... For for me, Dylan, now you look at the guys who redshirted last year. You look at the guys who had a sit, plus the guys who are coming back. It's a very young team except for Chase Daniels. And lo and behold, this is actually a, a, a Quinnipiac men's basketball team that can actually do something in the MAC tournament and could even be considered one of the favorites when, when they came into this season as what, I believe picked last in the coaches poll, preseason coaches poll. It's remarkable how much things have changed in basically 12 months for this team. I would I would pick them as one of the favorites to win the conference. Um, maybe not the regular season because it takes time to gel and they're bringing in guys that have registered and maybe not at practice as much. And you got all a bunch of freshmen that are coming in that are really talented. But again, it's going to take time. So maybe not a favorite to win the regular season, but definitely when you get to Albany and they're going to have a bye most likely than not. I mean, with this team, you expect a bye. Um, to win three games, I think, you know, it's definitely reasonable to ask um, based on what we saw Fairfield do going to the championship. Um, obviously, Iona sets the ball really high, but I think if they can get the bye and they get to Albany, they have a chance to win three games. The expectations are really high for this team. Um, and like you said, being picked up in his last in the MAC by the coaches last year and now to be one of the favorites with everything that they have, Cam Young coming back. I mean, look, he only played eight minutes two years ago. That's one of the reasons he's back because he didn't play. Away from junior college over in California, um, you know, plays eight minutes and now, you know, bowled out last year. Um, things are looking really good. Jacob Rigoni's a sophomore, Rich Kelly's a sophomore. You look at the freshmen they're bringing in, Tyrese Williams can bowl out in the Bronx. Cardinal Hayes, great, great uh, shooting guard. Um, and there's a lot of pieces. Kevin Marfo, GW transfers, is, is playing now. Travis Adson from Tulsa. I mean, you can throw a ton of these guys, and Nathan Davis was. Uh, sat out last year with an injury. He's from Colorado. He's going to be playing well, and he's more like a, you know he's a long and 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 lean guard. You know, kind of figure like a Kevin Durant type guy, but just like you know, obviously shorter. But I don't know. They got a lot. I mean, I could go on for hours about this, you know that um, the depth that they actually uh, have now and the, and the games they're going to win um, come late in February and March. Let's hone in on a couple things here. Number one with the Cam Young, you covered this team. You were in all these press conferences. You got to know some of these guys. Were you genuinely surprised when you saw the news that Cam Young was coming back? No, there was, there was always rumblings about it, that they were going to try to get it done. I think the question was, did they have the scholarship um, spot? And I guess that they did. Um, so now that you know, now he's in, and obviously he was a second-team All-Mac guy, and one of the best scorers in the league. And I was even told that once he found out he was going to be able to come back, that he had a lot of a, a lot of offers from high major Power Five programs, and he decided to come back. But told a lot about who he is as a person and the loyalty that he's shown Baker Dunleavy and, and the crew because he could have just bounced um, after getting the, the fifth year, and he stayed. He's staying. So I think it tells a lot about him. He, he's ready to ball out. He wants to go to NCAA tournament. 
Jacob wants to be the guy on the team, which he was last year. So he's going to do that again. I mean, you know, I expect nothing but, you know, first team all back from this guy. I mean, you give him a second year with Baker, I expect nothing less. Talking to do, uh, Dylan Fearing about Quinnipiac men's basketball. He covered this team, obviously, for the last five years. When, when you look at um, how this all plays out, you've got this core young unit, all the guys you mentioned who are, who are freshmen and sophomores who played last year because the team had so many transfers and was so young. They now got a whole offseason to work together. The guys who redshirted, including Atson, can finally work with these guys. For the fans out there who were told 2017-18 is not the year, 2018-19 could be the year, 2019-20 really is the year, um, a, it sounds like you believe that that still holds true. And B, as you look at this team as it's currently constituted, who is kind of the guy that, that even from afar in West Virginia, you'll be looking at that box score every game, very curious to know what he's doing. I don't even know if there's one particular person. I would say maybe Kevin Marfo just because of his first year playing, shooting up, and he's huge. I mean, this guy is definitely one of the best uh, big men in the MAC. I mean, the, the MAC is usually so guard heavy that he's going to flourish inside, I believe. Um, so definitely him, definitely Ken Young. But honestly, Jeremy, I'm looking at this team and I'm like, I don't know how all these guys are going to be able to play. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at this. This is a potential 11 deep team when you look at it. You know, 10 deep, maybe. 11, you know what I mean? There's so many guys. I'm looking at. It, I'm like, how are the Robinsons going to get their time when you're throwing in freshmen like uh, Tyrese Williams and uh, Matthew Bollins and Ty Pickron and um, you know Jacob Ragoni wants to play more and Nathan Davis needs to play and Marfo and Boondu and you know you can just rattle off all these names and it's just you know unless they're going to try to go with 10 or 11 deep you know they're going to be some really talented players that aren't even going to get much time. You hinted at this before. Do you think this is a team that that has some games in in October and November and December that you look at the rotation and you look at, at who plays and some playing time and the minutes dispersion, and it's like, what the heck's happening here? That it may look a little odd at the beginning, and then it'll you know, kind of whittle itself down uh, as, as we continue on? Yeah, I mean, we saw kind of a little bit of that last year when we just didn't know really, you know, who was that good, who was better than this person. I mean, you saw earlier on Jacob Bergoni wasn't even playing that much. And finally, once, you know, Chase Daniels was going through some stuff and some players weren't producing, and, you know, he, he realized he had to play Rigoni a lot, and his shot was just, you know, one of the best shooters in the country statistically from three-point range. But it definitely is a type of feel thing where you're not looking at numbers as much as you're just kind of watching and, and listening and um, trying to get a feel of everything and, and everyone on your team as a first-year head coach. Now in his second year, he knows the, the firepower that he has, and he's looking at the freshman that he's recruited already for a couple of years now. So, you know, I think it's going to be easier this time. He's not going to be able to fill it out as much. They're not going to need to fill it out as much, but I mean, I'm looking at all these guys, and I'm like, you know, certain guys that played a lot of minutes last year might not be playing a lot this year. When you look at, because the the flip side, and we saw this during the Tom Moore era, is you had a bunch of guys who looked at their play and realized I'm out. Um, and I haven't seen any story that anybody who is currently on the roster or was on the roster for 17-18 has transferred out, which is obviously a good sign. Do you think that could be a possible casualty as, as, as we continue? Because as good as the core 
QU basketball unit is, Dylan, the risk here, obviously, is that you you have all these pieces, and when you have a team that's 10 or 11 deep, these guys go, I'm not going to get the playing time I want to further my career. I'm out. I think it all depends on how well the team does. I mean, if this is a thing, I mean, look at Kentucky basketball. When John Calipari had 10 guys that, you know, were are NBA players and, and are really good, and he had everyone had to eat, um, he had to do platoon, and he had to go, you know, these players, Carl and Towns was probably playing 25 minutes a game, um, which is nuts to think about. But that's just what they had to do. So that might be a type of thing here where if they have 9 or 10 guys that need to play, there are going to be some guys that just don't play a lot. Obviously, Ken only has 35 minutes. But, you know, if the team's doing well and the team is succeeding and going to the tournament or at least making a MAC championship game or just competing well in the tournament or throughout the season, I don't think anything will, ha- anything will happen um, you know, player-wise. But if they only win 12 games, then, yeah, I think there could be some guys that are out. Um, but if the team does well, these guys know it's really all about the team because, you know, rarely do you see these guys go pro and succeed and, um, you know, obviously no NBA, but, um, you know, it's all really about the team here and getting to the tournament, potentially winning a game against a big-time team. I think if the team's doing well, then there's nothing to worry about. Let's have some fun here because on teeing it up, we like to have fun. Um, and uh, Baker Dunleavy, Quinnipiac head coach, um, had a baby in the offseason. I think it's his third child, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, give me the X's and O's. How do you think having a third child will affect the, the Quinnipiac men's basketball team in the 2018 season? I don't know if it will affect the team itself, but that's just another uh, another person that Baker only has got to worry about. Now he's got to worry about his middle child feeling bad that he's a middle child. <laughs> um, so that's probably the extent of, uh, of how it affects the team. It's just another player that gets so much practice eventually. Um, I think I'd say his wife definitely has her hands full <laughs> more than she did maybe nine or ten months ago. But, um, you know, <laughs> I don't know if it's affecting the team that, that, that much. I'm I'm just saying, you know, maybe it'll be, you know, they'll they'll, you know, maybe the fact that it'll take greater teamwork at home will instill new, you know, ball handling or passing skills in training camp. You never know what a baby could do to a team. And he's a, the his children to be watching Jacob Bergoni get uh, get shots up in practice. I'm sure uh, he's probably about eighty five percent of him decent practice. <laughs> Um, let's look at this now from, from, the, from the big picture. When you hang around any coach, any team, any sports information director, any guys off the record, they always say to you, keep an eye on blank. It's not the guy who's going to get a lot of headlines. He's not the guy that's going to uh, be the, the showstopper. He's not going to be the face in the program. But this is a guy who, when the going gets tough, and we saw this last year with the Robinsons and a lot of those tourney games, when the going gets tough and you need somebody to step up in a big spot, it may not be the big boys, but this guy will step up and give you that extra rebound or that extra pass or that clutch shot off the bench. From what you've heard, from what you can tell, from what guys have told you, who is that guy for this team in 2018-2019 in that may step up in a big spot that you won't see on the face of a ticket next year? Well, I'm looking at my top, ready to watch Tyrese Williams. This is a freshman from New York. Um, he had plenty of offers out of the gate um, and picked Quinnipiac over teams like Iona, Manhattan, St. Louis, uh, Vermont, Towson, and Bonaventure. So this is a guy that, that had some, some better offers than Quinnipiac when you just look at it on paper uh, and record and conference and success 
slot. He's huge as Quinnipiac. He's 6'1". He can shoot the ball really well. Um, just has a good IQ from what I've heard. Um, again, 6'1", 175. Um, but, yeah, he's someone that I'm going to be looking at, and I think that, you know, I don't know if he's going to be starting because they have so many good guys already, but, it, you know, maybe, if, you know, he's open, and, I, you know, I would definitely trust him with the ball late uh, and with an open shot. Also, I'm just looking at the freshman, Jeremy, because I've watched a lot of these guys already for a long time. I'm looking at Davion Lewis, uh, another New York guy from Long Island, Dick Hills, um, you know, just, you know, another freshman, another guard, also 6-1, just similar to Tyrese Williams in terms of uh, makeup. Um, but, yeah, I would just look at those two. I mean, and also, I mean, I know I'm rambling a little bit here, but, you know, look back at Aaron Robinson. He hit a big shot against Tunisia uh, yeah. in the MAC quarterfinals last year and doesn't always, you know, fill the stat sheet, doesn't even get a ton of minutes all the time, but contributes defensively, tough, he's a big body, and he's really strong. Him and his brother Andrew are really strong guys. Um, they defend well. They have high IQ. They've been on this team now for three years, um, going on their fourth. So, you know, definitely an Aaron Robinson type guy that's just going to, you know, late in the game, open shot, you're up to two, you need to bunk it, here you go. Um, that's what we saw from him last year, a couple of different situations. Um, so look at those guys, look at the freshmen. I mean, this is a team that's going to have a ton of depth, and hopefully, and, you know, looking to make a lot of noise in the conference that has been shook up a little bit recently with coaches and players transferring and just, you know, things have gone Quinnipiac's way the last few months where it hasn't gone other team in the other team's ways in the match. You just read my mind, which is why I think we do well together on the radio, um, <laughs> which is basketball is a lot about skill and about recruiting well and about playing well and having good schemes and good coaching. But it also takes luck, and sometimes you can get a down year in a conference, and you can rise at the right time and take advantage. Unfortunately, injuries happen, and that's just one of the truths that um, that that there are times where you know you happen to run into a team that was down on their luck a bit, and 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 that's where you paid off, was able to get a key win and move on. Is Quinnipiac facing a a down conference time in the MAC, or is this a hot time and they're going to have some tough? foes to face as they get into next spring. I think this is probably one of the best opportunities Quinnipiac has to make the NCAA tournament. If you look at it, a lot there were a lot of good players that were seniors that are now gone. Look at Canisius, Jermaine Crumpton, right? Mac Player of the Year, gone. Niagara lost a couple, couple of studs um, from their team that, that played really well but lost early on in the tournament and didn't get enough credit for, for what they had accomplished during the regular season. Uh, Fairfield loses Tyler Nelson. Um, Iona just yes, they won the MAC, but they, they were a different. They were different. They weren't the same Iona that we were used to with AJ Englishes and um, the David Lawries. They just they seemed vulnerable, even though they won. I mean, they beat Fairfield in the championship. I mean, they seemed vulnerable. Um, they weren't the number one seed. They just they just didn't have it. I think they lose uh, to Sean Much. They lose a couple other guys, so they're vulnerable. Manhattan. You know, just doesn't have it. I don't look at any team and say, "Man, that team, that team's a lot better than Quinnipiac." I don't see it. I don't see it. Um, Mammoth loses uh, Micah Seaborn, so you know, to, to Pro Bowl. That's a huge hit. So I'm looking at all these teams and I'm like, "All right, well, Quinnipiac can beat that team and, and that team." And okay, well, Quinnipiac is one of the only few teams that has the best player coming back, and oh, their second best player coming back. Oh, and their third best player coming back. Um, if you look at guys like Rich Cunningham, Jake Bergoni. I thought Chase Daniels was good last year, but at, at times. But 
he definitely wasn't one of their top three players. I thought his top three most valuable players. Um, they were still winning games when he was taking his high eights. So I'm looking at this team, and I'm like, okay, they bring all these guys back. They bring in a really strong class, two really good New York guys, and Savion Lewis, who was, who was Long Island's best player, and then Tyrese Williams, who was in bowling during the summer sessions from what I've been hearing. So you pull that together, and I'm like, there's no team in the MAC that is, is, is by and large better than Quinnipiac. They just didn't. And that could be what ultimately gives them a ticket to the NCAA tournament for the first time in program history, a, a trip that needs to be made for this program, I, I think, to next elevate itself, especially with a new sponsorship for the TD Bank Sports Center, now to be the PeopleSoft Bank Sports Center starting next year under a 10-year deal. Right now, June 17th, Father's Day, it's time for everybody's least favorite segment on sports shows, but I'm going to do it anyway because I really don't care. Where it, what happens in the 2018-19 season to Quinnipiac men's basketball? Uh, uh, you know, they won 10 games in the regular season, and they won two in the tournament, so we can yeah. call that 12. I think, I think they bumped that up to 17 total wins. Whether that means they make the NCAA tournament, I don't know. But I give them 17 total wins on the year. Um, I think Cam Young gets first team All-Mac, and... You know, I think semifinals last year, all the firepower that's brought back, I think they make the championship game. I don't want to say if they win or not because I don't want to be held, held that accountable if they say that, if they say they're going to win it and then they don't. But I think they make the championship game and put themselves in position to make the national tournament. Um, but yeah, 17 wins, maybe 18. Again, depends on the whole schedule. I mean, they're playing Villanova, most likely a loss. You know, but again, Villanova is not Villanova from the last couple of years. They've lost a lot. And they're not as strong, but you know, I figure you know an eighty-one, sixty-four tight win over over a team like Quinnipiac. But depends on on the rest of their schedule. Um, they can definitely win some of the games that they won last year. Um, they can definitely lose a lot of the games they lost last year. Um, we saw a ton of close games and a lot of close games they lost at the free throw line. And as much as you practice, um, it's, you can't practice the moment of okay, we're down one, we need two free throws, and there's eight seconds left. Um, you can't practice that really. Nope. So, um, I think 18 wins, they make the MAC championship game. I'm not going to say if they win or not, but, uh, you know, again, a step in the right direction and a step forward, multiple steps forward. Dylan Fearon, uh, thank you for coming on Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling. Thank you for uh, your contributions and, and, and your insight. Good luck in West Virginia. Thanks for doing this on uh, Father's Day, and we will see you on the radio, maybe from afar, maybe... We'll have you on for what it's like to watch your alma mater from nowhere near your alma mater. Any <laughs> time, brother. Thanks a lot. You got it. And thank you all for listening to Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling. Have a great day, everybody.